Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yachtcast for July 11th, 2022. Featuring poet I.S. Jones leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yop is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic formerly held online. This July Yop was our last virtual Yop before we return in person at 144 Montague Street in August in our brand new brick and mortar space. This month's open mic lineup featured Stella Lee in Cam Chukwumarija, Yana Kane, Bridget Duffy. Jess Gagne, Vikesh Kapoor, Morgan Boyle, Madeline Phillips, Kim Bark, Anna Elizabeth, Melanie Lee, Seth Leeper, Ilka Lampe, Cassidy Gabriel, Becca Marbach, Danielle Gasparo, Desiree Rucker, and last but not least, Alexander Penny. So, let's get right to the action of the Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic for July. Enjoy. Okay, folks, welcome back. Uh, we are here now for the open mic portion of the YAWP. I was taking a little extra time there during the break to convert people to panelists and uh, was getting little pop-up notifications that some people were declining my invitation to be promoted to panelists, which I don't understand. I'm assuming that that wasn't actually happening on your end, but maybe you just didn't see my uh invitation i'm not sure why you have to accept the invitation you should just automatically be converted but uh anyway i think uh, i'm seeing most people now who are reading for the open mic uh on the screen who've been converted and if if i don't see you i will take care of that uh when we get underway uh i did want to make a couple more announcements one of which is uh very important about the <laughs> future yacht format. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to um, announce, uh, in case you don't know it, that our next craft lab is coming up on July 31st with the one and only Tayamba Jess, who is leading a, a really welcome and I think necessary lab on the blues. It's called The Blues, The Story Always Unsold. Um, and that is again on July 31st from 5 to 8 p.m. He's going to be discussing blues artists and poets, including Lead Belly, Muddy Waters, Bessie Smith, Elizabeth Cotton, Sterling Plump, Harriet Mullen, Langston Hughes. So uh, some great people there. Uh, I'm sure most, if not all of you know who Tayyip Jess is. Uh, can, really can't think of a better person to lead this particular lab. So if you're interested in the blues, poetry, Tayyip Jess, all of the above, uh, take advantage of early registration for this. Uh, it runs through July 24th. And if uh, you want to request financial aid, you can do that through Friday, July 29th. Um, uh, okay, a few words now about uh, our next YOP, which is on August 8th. Again, um, this YOP, I just want to make sure everyone knows this, the next YOP on August 8th will be in person, provided there are no COVID curveballs or, or, you know, the space we're trying to open somehow doesn't open. Uh, obviously, if that happens, you'll all get uh, social media announcements and whatnot. But that is the plan. It will be in person again as of August 8th. Uh, attendees are required to wear a mask, although um, anyone reading for the open mic uh, can take their mask off because we, we are actually building a little stage that is at a safe social distance, I think, from all the attendees. 
Um, it's a little crazy <laughs> to, to think about because like we haven't done a YOP in person in over two years. Uh, this used to just be like a ritual and a process that I kind of knew like the back of my hand. It was a really complicated event. If you, if you remember it from 61 local, uh, and if you did go to those, you remember that between the workshop and open mic, we had to like, uh, break down tables and chairs. That was almost like, a, a sort of weirdly campy part of the event after a while. Like Arthur Russell was always like in the back, like putting the tables away. Uh, luckily in our, our own space, we don't have to do that anymore. The tables and chairs are just there. So like between the workshop and the mic, we can all just chill and like, and have another a glass of wine or something like that. Um, but if you are interested in attending, if you are in the ah. NYC area, uh, I'm going to mute you, ETL, because I think you're unmuted. Um, if you're in the NYC area, uh, as of 9.30 p.m. tonight, we're doing things a little differently. So you're still going to purchase the tickets on Eventbrite. Uh, but because now we have an in-person ticket and we're still offering a virtual ticket, the prices are a little different. So the in-person YOP workshop and open mic is now going to be $15 if you would like to sign up for that. Uh, members, if you're a legacy member, if you're already a member, the good news is you still get $10 off, but I guess the bad, the downside, the bad news is you got to pay an extra $5 you want to take the workshop and open mic. We are setting aside 10 advanced tickets. Uh, so if you, if you want to reserve a spot in the open mic, we're setting aside 10 for people that want to claim those tickets to reserve a spot in open mic. That means you can just roll in whatever you want. You know, you're going to be for the open mic. Uh, the rest of the spots we're going to leave available for sign up at the door, right? So once those 10 tickets are claimed, you can just get a, a regular <laughs> workshop and open mic tickets, the same price, $15. And then you can just get there as early as you like and sign up at the door to try to claim one of those remaining spots. We usually get to about 20 to 24 readers at the open mic uh, when we used to do this in person. Uh, we're gonna open doors at six. We're gonna start it a little bit earlier than we used to. We used to start at seven. As you know from tonight, we're gonna start it at 6.30 because now that we're doing it in person, guess what? It takes longer to get there. It takes longer to, uh, to do it. And then uh, for those of us that don't live in Brooklyn anymore, I get home later. <laughs> we used to do the in-person yop and I would, it would go to like 10.30 sometimes and I'd get home at like midnight. So uh, I'm a father now, can't do that anymore. My wife will be pissed. My baby daughter will be pissed. So we're going to start a little early at 6.30 and uh, hopefully finish around 9. Uh, I'm not expecting all of you to remember this, but you will see the ticket details when you go to sign up for the YOP as usual. You'll just go automatically to Eventbrite. You don't need to sign up for a form. You're going to choose the ticket that you want. If you don't want to read for the open mic, you don't have to. You can just still purchase the ticket for the, the workshop. Um, we do still have the open mic ticket only. That'll be $10, not $15, but that is just to attend the open mic. And the reason being that if you say wanted to purchase the open mic ticket only and showed up at like 7.45 when it starts, there is no chance you will read for the open mic as we all know, because the open mic lineup fills within like a few days. So like we just thought it was disingenuous to offer that as if you could purchase that and still read. So that $10 ticket would just pure, be purely to attend the open mic in person, which some people want to do. Not everyone wants to read. Um, the virtual YOP open mic workshop and uh, workshop at open mic will still be $10. It'll be the same price. So if you're a, a legacy member, you'll, you'll still get that for free. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a process. <laughs> so uh, I apologize in advance if our live stream on August 8th isn't perfect. Uh, we've purchased a bunch of tech equipment and Renee K, if you know them, 
is, is a real guru with this stuff. So uh, I expect that it will be done well and fluidly, um, but uh, it's going to be live streamed via Zoom. So if you if you purchase that ticket, you will get just a camera view of what's happening in the space. So it's going to be a little different. It's going to be an adjustment. Maybe you won't like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to attend uh, on uh, Zoom. But uh, you know, we're we're also exploring different possibilities moving forward for for what we might do with other virtual programs. But our plan is to live stream. Uh, all the events that we can in the space, if they're free, the live stream will be free, or if they're paid like the Yop, then there will be a, a ticket, probably a little bit uh, lower than the in-person ticket amount. Um, I'm going to just check the chat, see if I have any questions. The address in Brooklyn is 144 Montague Street. Uh, if you're curious, tomorrow is when we launch uh, promo for the grand opening. So if you're subscribed to our newsletter, you'll get that announcement. Or if you follow us on social media, you'll see that. Uh, they've started covering this locally in Brooklyn Heights. There's an interview with me that was published today on the Brooklyn Heights blog. That's a blog I used to read, in fact. So it was really cool. When I started Brooklyn Poets in 2012, I, I used to read that blog religiously. So it was it was cool to interview with Mary Kim, who's a, another Korean American who blogs for that over the weekend. And uh, I think there's an article coming out with the Brooklyn Daily Eagle also this week, possibly something in the New York Times and Brooklyn Magazine. So we'll see. There's a lot of press that's going to be coming out over the next couple of weeks. Again, if you want to come out to the grand opening, we are planning for our ribbon cutting at 1 p.m. That'll be right outside the building. Uh, there may be a couple of council people that show up, including Lincoln Wrestler, council person for that district. We'll see if they can fit time in that schedule. Another cool thing happening. I'm sorry for so many announcements, but there's a ton going on, as you can see. Um, another thing, cool thing happening on July 23rd, if, you, if you've been around the Brooklyn Heights area, uh, I think every other Saturday they've been doing open streets on Montague. So Montague Street will actually be closed to vehicle traffic on that day as it was this past weekend. And you can just mosey on down Montague Street in the middle of the streets, all the way to the promenade if you like. But we hope that you will not just go to the promenade and stop at 144 Montague Street and check out some of the readings. Like I said, we'll have readings all day um, from three to four, 4.30 to 5.30, six to seven and 7.30 to 8.30. A bunch of people are coming through including uh, a lot of our faculty members. Uh, I think, I'm not sure you've emailed me back, IS Jones, but <laughs> you should because you certainly are welcome to read if you want to. Uh, Edward Hirsch is coming through. Dean Nerksy, the former Brooklyn Poet Laureate is coming through. Tina Chang, Brooklyn Poet Laureate is coming through. Uh, Eugenia Lee, JP Howard, Shell Boyce Taylor. There's a whole bunch of people. We're gonna be releasing that lineup. In fact, some of the people I think on the off tonight are, are also reading. Because uh, we got a bunch of yawpers that uh, are reading for that. Um, I think I mentioned at the beginning, one of the things that we're doing as a kind of uh, welcoming gesture or an invitation to the neighborhood is that 1.30 after the ribbon cutting, I will be leading a free generative writing workshop um, for anyone that wants to come in and take it. Uh, there might be a ton of people, there might be nobody, I have no idea. Uh, but I I'm looking forward to that because I haven't taught one of these generative one hour workshops in a while. Uh, and that will be on self-portraits. So if you're interested in writing a self-portrait, come through. We're going to read a poem by Adam Zagievsky called Self-Portrait. Uh, Zagievsky was a, a great Polish poet who died uh, fairly recently. And it's one of my favorite poems of all time, his poem called Self-Portrait. So we're going to read that together. And then I'm going to take you through uh, some prompts for how to write your own self-portrait. So if you want to take a free class on a Saturday, come out and you can get brunch, come back, hear some poetry. We're going to have some uh, light refreshments. We're going to have wine. 
We're going to have music, trying to get a DJ. If we don't have a DJ, I have a badass uh, playlist. We'll just use an iPhone. It's pretty much the same freaking thing, except DJs are cooler and louder usually. Uh, again, I say we'll start at 1 p.m. It goes from 1 to 9, so it's all day. Uh, but yes, yeah, so all of this will be in the newsletter. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing some questions in the chat, but uh, I want to stop jabbering away so we can get to the open mic. I apologize for all the announcements, but uh, again, there's a ton coming up, and this is a pretty big change in the YAWP ticketing format. We haven't changed prices for the first 10 years of our existence. Uh, you might be pissed. <laughs> you might be wondering why we're char uh, charging more. The fact of the matter is that we have never had real overhead costs before because we've never had our own space. So we've never had to pay you know, uh, thousands of dollars in monthly rent. And we used to rent 61 local for $50 a month to do the op because they were amazing, which is why we could charge so little. Um, we still want to, this to be the most affordable thing that we offer every month. It's sort of like the special uh, workshop and open mic deal that we're offering. $15, I think is still a great price. And if you're a member again, uh, it is discounted. Uh, so if you want to get a membership, uh, I, I assure you it is worth it because you will certainly get that value back very quickly. Another reason why is we are going to be offering new hour-long drop-in classes at the new space that uh, will be like uh, $25 or a little bit less for members. So if you're members, you're going to be getting other discounts uh, in addition to the YOP discount. And in our new bookstore and swag store in the space, you'll just be able to get 15% off whenever you want. So a ton of discounts available for members. Uh, we're trying to uh, make it so that it doesn't gouge us while it still gives you a lot of savings. And that's uh, really the, the main reason why we are raising the price a little bit. And we hope you understand that. Okay, uh, enough talking on my end. I'm gonna turn it over to the fabulous Is Jones, who is uh, one of my favorite poets writing today. And uh, we'll get this started. I praise Jason, thank you so much. I didn't know it was one of your favorite poets operating today. That's, um, that's a quite the high honor. Um, I'm going to read for you all three poems from my full length manuscript, still in progress. Um, uh, if for folks who have signed up for my myth-making and modernity class, um, the poems here reimagine Cain and Abel as sisters. And this is something that you can kind of be thinking about as we create our own myths together. So if you're thinking about signing up, today would be a great time to do that. Uh, Blood Mercy. Summer begins its descent and we waste the hours in love with our girlhood. Red popsicles drip on our good dresses. Our legs carry us through the wild grass, skin sighing against each, each green blade. Your hands scratched on bark, me finally mastering the two-strand twist I practice on you because your hair finally grew past your shoulders. It's late July. It's us two under the low hanging expanse. Your hair is so long, I'm jealous, I whisper. Say to wisdom, you are my sister and call understanding my kinswoman. I wanted to deliver you from cruelty and gave you my own instead. Beneath your long skirt, a tapestry of rubies. I rinse your leg with the backyard spigot. My life made sense when we were of one mind and two bodies. Now you keep secrets from me. Your diary says as much. The seasons turn and we stop knowing each other. Take my hand, I say, and we tangle ourselves in the backyard hammock. We tangle ourselves in the hammock. When your head lulls onto my chest, I notice your hand is still bleeding. I pull a bobby pin from my hair, bend it straight, open my skin. 
My blood meeting yours become to become cannibal. My name eating yours to become cannibal. Mercy at your still body becomes claimable. Call it grace or pity. You, my ancestor, my wife, I should have ended you when the stakes were lower. Wound of my wound, immutable bond. My heart unknowable from yours becomes chainable. Clarity arrives as patient light. No matter what wind will drive us apart, you'll never leave me. Um, this poem, this poem damn. we are soft. I just have to say, oh. damn. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You're good. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate the support. Um, this poem we are soft between hours. You don't really need to know anything about it, except that it's um, it's it's the two girls learning to masturbate for the first time, and it's about voyeurism. We are soft between hours. There's a sweetness to these nights of surrender. It's true. The heart beats two rhythms, one for me than you. I emerge from the shower, drip on mama's good floor, trail a gown of water towards your door. Down the hall you stretch in your skin, I saunter in mine. I tried before to rest, but my jaw aches from grinding teeth, so I kneel at your altar. I watch you touch yourself through a blade of light leaking into the hallway. Earlier, we went to the river if only to relieve the body of the sun's tirade. I didn't mean to see it first. You slipped out of your blue bathing suit, step into the water. Blue promise memorizing the muscles of your back. I'm old enough to understand too much longing can make any creature feral. My problem is that I fall in love with beauty. You are the grape going into my mouth, the lone tear of river water tracing my breast. I've spent my small life as two bodies yearning to be one. I want to know how it felt the first time you discovered God's eye blooming between your legs, a flowering of dark red poppies in a field. What pleasure possesses you, sister, I want for myself. In this night, everything is about the moon, even her absence, even you. Eventually, someone wants something. That's the nature of power. Oh, patient light, grant me passage. I want no beast but the night to hear me. Your soft, indelible labor. Fingers roving the field until you shudder into a gilded song. I long to kiss the hands of this submission. I dream we crash into each other, K-Nabel, K-Nabel, K-Nabel. That even when you catch me and close the door, I fever for the taste of you. I said I have a problem. I didn't say I wanted to be saved. So this is my last poem. I'm very excited for us to get to the open mic. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Husband, child, etymology of Cain. First return of spring I could remember. Mama took me out to the landscape said burrow your hands into the soil and listen. So I did. I am daughter and husband, sister and mother. My name means she who creates, crafts, forms. The world I wanted most was one that would bend at will. I didn't understand this as a child when my first narcissus wilted in the heat. It was the law of my home because I'm older, my sister does as I tell her. She cuts me a bowl of blood oranges and I delight the spoils. Firstborn, third parent, mother of my own haunting lack. 
Was I allowed my youth or was I just a surrogate to salvage my parents' union? I keep my nails short and my heart planted in the ground. My hands have come to know the wet dark intimately. My parents only touch at night, plea each other's name. My sister calls me perverse and I say, how? Frogs envelope their softness into each other. Wild horses mount their mate to undo an ancient appetite. The soil tells me as much. In my tantrums, I cursed the Narcissus. It said, yes, Lord, then perished at my feet. I know what love is because I know what violence is capable of. Truth is I have no husband habits. Mother weeps in my lap with her good eye unblackened by Adam's rage. Baba, you have given me this dominion to master. You want perfection, yet you want the labor done by human hands. How do I win if there is no pleasing you? Wow, thank you. That was, I was, it was like a special pleasure as I was eating these chips and <laughs> you eat those bones. Uh, I was like, wow, this is a new kind of pleasure eating these chips that I've never had before and hearing these amazing poems by Ice Jones. But uh, man, what a poet. Um, can't wait till this uh, full length uh, comes out, which I'm sure it will very soon. Probably like, probably like tomorrow. <laughs> Jason, listen, I'm putting your blessing on this manuscript. No. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to let you have it, but it doesn't need it. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, look forward to all that you're going to do and uh, all the books that you're going to give us in the future. But uh, thank you for sharing these tonight. And thank you for your workshop again. Uh, all right. Uh, we are on to the open mic. Our next reader, uh, almost always our leadoff hitter, which is great uh, because uh, she knows when to sign up, uh, is the one and only Stella Lee. How are you, Stella? I'm fine. How are you? Um, Keep I hope I'll get a, a spot online. I try to make sure I sign up on early. I'm an early bird. Yeah. So, um, this poem is after Victoria Chains. Um, this is called Obit. Father's Day. Childhood died in first grade. Tita spent the little money she had to buy Charlie a cake and a few red roses. She bought the baguette bakery too. She always bought a baguette on Sunday so he could soak it with coffee, eat the sopping bread with Gouda cheese. She spent so much her pockets cried empty. No money left until the next paycheck. The cake was round white with yellow icing and sat in its soft white cardboard box. It was vanilla, pre-made, cheaper. We were excited. It's for Father's Day, she said between a smile. We came home with our gifts. Charlie was upset. What took us so long? He needed his coffee. He had a headache and it was because we were too slow. His words slapped Dita so hard she ran to her room, her tears hiccuping between the shouts. My father took the baguette and stabbed a big hole in the cake, pulled it out, and filled the crushed cake layers with laughter. His words cut into the sides. The cake fell into itself. Sweetness stained the air, and we knew we should laugh too. His eyes were burning green. He wanted us to dance. We danced around the cake as he ripped the roses, 
Petals fell around our bodies. My mother's eyes were shaking. Father's Day is always on a Sunday in June when the sun burns warm. All I remember is gray. Thank you. Wow, thank you. Beautiful poem as always. What a form. What an homage to Victoria Chang's uh, amazing book, Obit. Um, and uh, I'm just always in awe of, uh, of the Stella Lee. Um, it's always good. It's like always a masterpiece so pretty much. So thank you. Uh, thank you for being you. Uh, our next reader is in Kim. Uh, I'm trying to remember how to pronounce your last name. Uh, in fact, why don't I just let you do that so I don't butcher it and then have to apologize. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, it's just how it's spelled. My name is Kim Chukumariajit, but I go by Kim. Um, and this poem is called, There is Always a Reverberation, an Ode to the Black Female Form. Messiness of lines, a collision of wind and earth, shaking my ground and causing my hand to slip, shit, and tense. I'm tight, my hips. Where in this life can I sink into the melting of my hips? A home where I can listen, ear to the wall of all existence, to hear what they're trying to tell me it comes through in these hips. So sick of restriction, the shunning of infinite glory, the light in these hips, these spherical hips. Hips for breakfast, moving in swiftness, unable to break fast enough out of restriction, out of pain, out of clean lines, out of shame. There is always a reverberation. And the next time I don't roll my eyes, just drop my pen and fall down my spine, blood to head, let the blood fall, flow all over the body. Through my lungs with new juice, back to heart, up down to brain. Brain is tired, brain is tired. It's been like this for life challenge. Heart talking now, hey, hi, ho, hi, hey moving to the undulative rhythm of some felt sense. There is always a reverberation. Deep dips that cause wide open glances at the sky. Did I really feel that? How am I still alive? Deep dips into deep blues after the sun elevates my majesty and magic. Back to these black hips. Shadows of formation feeling good at this. Shifting constellations with these hips, saving generations with these hips. Therapy hips, sweet suckling, pleasure bearing hips, pleasure on my lips. Hello to the morning, I whisper, sunrise kiss. God bless these hips, attuned to these hips. There is always a reverberation. Shackles through Sundays, Sundays through my sun gaze. Take your eyes off of me, I wish you would. Sarcasm dripping from my sun kissed, moon licked, Venus dipped hips. There is always a reverberation. Listen to the birds and fill the void with the meat of forever. This was the space between your brain and butter, bread and butter, brain and jelly. Where is the hot sauce? I asked for the umpteenth time. I told you, God, I want to feel something. Don't you dare put me through life not to give me life. Dismiss me, kill me, pray to God and tell him you miss me. Shit. <sighs> so tense. Intense push to feel the hard edge of life in these hips. That's where I feel it. Yes, where I feel it. Tap, tap, sap from the tree, and I'm rolling down out of my skin, infinity, my next of kin. Catch me in your arms and tell me you love me. 
Shea butter between your palms. Blow love in your hands. Catch the rhythm of life. Let's do it again. Thank you. All right. Wonderful. Thank you, and Kim. Uh, I got to say, hips for breakfast. That had me hooked from, I think, the first page. I think I read that right. Yeah. What a line. Um, and I love that refrain. There's always a reverberation. Uh, great stuff. We've got it kicked off well tonight. Uh, our next reader is Yana Kani. How are you, Yana? Hi, I'm fine. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, great. Um, this is a poem that consists of four parts, and it's called Tai Chi Teacher. And the epigraph is something that my Tai Chi teacher, Master Yu, used to say quite often. And in the end, never think you're finished. Turn. Our Tai Chi teacher, Master Yu, was in the 81st year of his life. On a sweltering morning, he came to class delighted. I saw a video, this young guy from Colorado. He does a different turn. His way is better. I'm learning it now. He pivoted on the left foot, the right foot sweeping low, paused, shook his head. No, not quite right. Tried it again, again, a change almost imperceptible. The turn was lighter. Master Yu nodded, better than before. Snowfall. Looking at the snowy hill that bristles with black stubble, I see the shaven head of the nun who chanted sutras on the 49th day after the death of our teacher. We are gathered by fate. We are scattered by fate. This is the final parting, the nun told us. On the 49th day, the soul surrenders its old affections. It lets go of all its wisdom, empty-handed, unburdened, nameless. The soul enters its new life. To mark the moment when our connection to our teacher's soul was severed, she wrapped a block of wood. One, two, three. Each blow convulsed my heart. No, no, no. Why? My mind does not believe that there is a soul left the after the body's death. So why on the 49th day the lost cuts deeper? But since when does reason have power to answer questions asked by the heart? Notebook. My teacher was a wise man. I filled page after page with hasty scribbles, hoping that words could capture the flowing motion and its subtle lessons. Whenever my notebook got half filled, I bought a spare one. My teacher was an old man. Now I gaze at the blank pages. I could fill them with my own musings. I could search for another teacher. 
I could pretend that this paper was meant for a different purpose, jotting down to-do lists, collecting recipes for soups and casseroles. But the pages remain empty. Life doesn't make bargains. Death does not grant concessions. Present tense. Master, you laughed off any hint of adulation, accepted no reverence other than diligent practice. Ten years have gone by. We have not run out of lessons for you to teach us, for us to learn. Coming together as classmates, practicing the form, we slip into the present tense. How long? 32 minutes. He takes 40. We need to slow down. I get stuck in the transition right here. You are double weighted. He shifts the weight back before he starts the turn. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, fantastic poem. I love poems about discipline and practice. <laughs> it's like a special, it's a special, uh, I was going to say guilty pleasure, but why is that? It's not a guilty pleasure. It's like the, the it's the, the best pleasure. It's like the opposite of a guilty pleasure. So uh, thank you for that. I feel much more spiritual and less, less stressed now. My life is nothing but stress these days, but uh, that poem helped. Our next poem is by last year's winner of Yacht Poem of the Month, Bridget Duffy. Hello. Hello. I should actually take this as an opportunity to mention that, because I forgot to mention amidst all my other announcements, that we do vote for Yacht Poem of the Month at every YAP open mic. And the way to do that is at the end of the open mic to text me at 718-374-1953. I'll put this in the chat. All right, take it away, Bridget. Insolvency. We used to be fish. Well, almost fish. We used to be wet and long and strange. But eventually, we got the idea for legs, and since it turns out legs aren't much good on the ocean floor, we learned to swim and swam up, burst through the primordial broth. Somewhere in there, I forget, we must have sorted out what to do with air and stepped onto this new thing, this thing called land. Artistic depictions of this moment are never kind. We paint ourselves as these shrink-wrapped, goofy blobs, eyes and teeth a sketched-in first draft, unwilling just yet to commit to either the mammalian or reptilian side of the question. That moment, that one stupid, triumphant moment, pressing the shape of our proto-toes into the sand, the invention of swimming, the making of legs, all that for this? For this, I don't mean to say it's all bad. We've become creatures who, sure, grow raspberries in the back garden, who leave out tins of meow mix for vicious, ugly cats, who you'd never think know all the words to man, I feel like a woman, until it's their turn at karaoke. But always end up again at the oil slick shoreline, 
swatting away biting cousins who went in a different direction, sifting through the sand for the missing link, for the ancestor we have to blame for these knees. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Amazing once again. I was like loving that whole poem and then you got to swatting away biting cousins who went in a different direction. <laughs> that's like the greatest line ever. <laughs> biting cousins that have to Thank be swatted away. Fun fact, mosquitoes think I'm particularly delicious. So, <laughs> Yeah, and then the ancestry we have to blame for these knees. Um, wow, great ending. Okay, man, I miss karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> I know you can karaoke again, but uh, I don't know, something about the pandemic really uh, killed the karaoke momentum in my life. <laughs> like I was discovering it in my my middle age as a Korean I feel like my dad was finally proud of me <laughs> he's like a karaoke junkie I don't think he understood why I didn't like karaoke as a kid but uh, it's like he finally looked at me with approval when we karaoke together once <laughs> when we came to New York but the pandemic ruined all of that but uh, maybe we'll get it back all right our next reader uh is i think uh lives and or teaches in brooklyn heights so i'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of her in the new space just kanye hi yes i teach in brooklyn heights and i will be there all the time <laughs> all right look forward to meeting you in person yeah cool um the format for this got a little messed up but i think it's fine it doesn't matter um i really wish that i had tried to write this poem after that workshop because i feel like i'm gonna try completely all over again. Um, but when I was writing this, I found that I had actually tried to write this poem like several times before. So I picked two other times um, and they're all kind of like stacked. So it's called Chronometer for Lost Things. Um, the first part is from May 11th, 2009. My white and yellow underwear, white shirt, white and blue striped shorts, and your tie-dye and jeans in the bright sun, the lighter underside of the tall green grass and the space you made for us in the sea of it, my face literally in the dirt. Let's buy this land someday and build a house on it. How we found old chairs, a coat rack, and a small rectangular section of white linoleum and set up a living room on the dirt road. How smooth and warm your shoulder is when I turn over to kiss it. How sometimes I can make you smile when I fed you blackberries in the drive back to your house generally the way you touch me like it matters. And the next part is from February 19, 2010. The field you thought was wheat, that day it was sunny and I wanted to reach out and touch the clouds and swim in the green and everything was so surreal. That field, it was just grass, nothing special, nothing different, no miracles, no ocean, just grass. It's funny how we chose to use our imaginations then our living room made from discarded chairs, a coat rack, some linoleum, a day at the beach, some kind of feeling between us that allowed for easy breeze through what was really just tall grass, even the space for us that no one could see from the path. That day, the dirt on my face was not love, just dirt. The field, just grass, not wheat. That day, just a day, not the beginning of something that works. And then the last one. Most recent version is from when I sent it in Venice, so July 9th, 2022. When there's too much to remember, the day can open its jaw wide enough to swallow us whole, 
and the tall grass and the blue sky too, where when we laid down, maybe nothing was even lost, just a few green stalks. And if we could run in reverse along the length of some legless time tongue, we'd unfurl into a different sunbleached summer, hopping over rounded hay bales at golden hour in an alternate reality where I go back to that field this year and find my pearl earring with very little effort or how long has it been? There's an oyster growing there in the dirt around the pearl, a dandelion clock to measure the longitude from our once and future house of someday at the center of a labyrinth of burned out stars, but no, I wouldn't change anything except to leave a note on the dresser of that afternoon. Thanks, this was one for the books and shut the door tight until I heard the latch click. It was an accident loving you. And how did it break? Like glass? No, like sand, like water, like the top scoop of an ice cream cone on the sidewalk. And now there is only the question, what is outside the window? And the answer, a window. Anyway, I prefer the coast. And when I do finally determine the location, I dive into the true ocean and it is blue, like a blue ribbon because I have one and it is mine and mine alone. All right, thank you so much. That was such a beautiful poem. Uh, I think someone wrote so much yearning in the chat and I think that was the perfect comment. Uh, like three arias there. I gotta go back. What was this line that was just killer the dirt on my face was not love just dirt <laughs> that also got me i had to go into an, an old external hard drive to find those so <laughs> well well found uh that just stabbed me in the heart a hundred times 2009 that brings back some memories that was before i moved to brooklyn lived in some dark days <laughs> in north carolina at the time, I didn't think they were dark, you know, but that's the way it always is, right? You're like, oh, I'm having a great time. And then two years later, you realize those were dark days. <laughs> that's how it always is uh, for a poet anyway. Everyone else seems just to be happier or not care. <laughs> I think it's the latter. Okay, uh, our next poet is uh, Vikesh Kapoor with an amazing virtual background. I've been admiring it this whole time on my screen. Hi, thank you. Thank you to I.S. Jones for leading the op uh, today. It was wonderful. Um, this poem is called Grass Valley. Grass Valley. We are in the mound of the mountain, a knapsack on your back, sweating beads down your spine and ankle into your sock. We set up camp near a quiet creek as the sun I hear a bobcat crack an oak branch above us or is it only the campfire cackling through its grueling slumber we did fill our pockets full of fresh lavender and fennel dropping tobacco flowers and the footprints behind us to detract any visitors here didn't we All right, thank you very much. Wonderful poem, I like it. Uh, I feel like 
I miss camping too. <laughs> it occurs to me. Karaoke and camping. Two things I never used to do. And then like right before the pandemic, I did a lot of. And now I never do anymore. So maybe there's a place I can both go camping and do karaoke. But uh, we will see. I will invite you, Akash. <laughs> if you're interested. <laughs> uh, our next vote is uh, Morgan Boyle. Thank you for your message in the chat. Uh, that uh, had converted. I probably did invite you to, to be a panelist and you declined my invitation. Just like I was doing my dishes. So I think that I got no caught excuse. up doing dishes. dishes. And, then, and then I missed the invitation. I was like, oh no, it was because I, I was being happened. clean. Um, yeah, the dishes are done though. I so. can't wait till we do this person. I don't have to convert people to panelists anymore. They're just they're just materialized in the flesh already. It's so nice. Okay, go for it. All right, cool. Uh 2022 30-year-old faker took a video last summer wherein under the hot August sun blazing down. I, under the sole, rubber sole of my dumb Celestia Tava sandal, smushed a hot bloated sausage covered in ants. It popped with the sound a zit makes, a greasy, ruddy unzipping of pink, a small explosion upon the Ridgewood sidewalk. Wearing shorts that my friend, who killed herself not three months later, told me you could see my thong through and she wasn't wrong. Maybe I was wrong for wearing yellow shorts and navy underwear, but what could be right when were eggs on the sidewalks of August? Regardless, the thick pundency of the smell of the sausage of me, the unzipping of pink in the sun, the sweet texts I was receiving from a periodic lover. I really do hope you're happy. I cry in the morning hoping for everything for you. I do, I do, I do. All this put together, lumped together, rolled together. And I think if I sold this hot sun sizzly dead ant sausage video as an NFT to some internet foot freak, I'd roll down a million dollars, burn out a million trees and sell out. I never owned the sun or the sausage or the lives of the ants. Nobody'd actually own the video I took because I took it and I lived it and my toes are my own and the hair that grows on them is thick with my own DNA. DNA grown in capitalist Petri craves monetary value. Monetary value brings bodily rest and clean water and reverent guilt as it should. Guilt and shame wrapped together like rope, thick rope, strong rope, rope that could support a body if it needed to. I'm not going to sell the video. I put it on my public Instagram and anyone who wants to see it can watch it as many times as they want. Give the feet freaks feet for free. Free feet, freedom of feet, dancing my feet around my apartment free of socks. Freedom within beat down and out by my feet. So sorry to my neighbors, but it's nearly afternoon. Nobody's trying to sleep, not when the sun's so high. I left and sold out my union. I was born and sold out the other sperm. 
Am I a fuck up of a fuck up of a fuck up of a proletariat? Is this shame something to carry like a bucket of water up a hill? Some sort of Sisyphus Tantalus hybrid slopping over the side. My pants are wet. What's selling out but continuing to live? If I stuck it as I stuck it, would I be ash in a container too? Would I be lonely or lovely? What's lovelier than a dead girl? Y'all jumped on that tragedy bandwagon and it made me want to throw up. But that's not what this is about. It's feet and dead ants and sausage and summer. It's the selling out of exhaling in 2022. It's the living and not dying. It's the seeing the August sun in this year and the next. It's the moving on. Thank you. All right. All right. God damn. Uh, you didn't read last month, did you? I haven't read in a long time. Yeah. I was thinking I've been like- busy. I was just thinking as you were reading, I was like, man, I've been, I've been missing Morgan Boyle poems. So uh, I'm glad you're back. That gave me something I've been missing. There's a, there's a unique energy. <laughs> Sick. There's, Thank uh, you. Yeah, what was that line with all the feet in it? I got to go back. <laughs> Give the feet freaks feet for free, free feet, freedom of feet. <laughs> uh man i love poetry you know you can be stressed and fucking hating your day and your life <laughs> and then you can come here and you feel great because people are reading amazing poems and uh, you remember why you do all this stuff um okay thanks very much morgan uh on to another amazing poet madeline phillips who uh i'm glad you appreciate the earlier start time of the yop i do uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can invite you to camping and karaoke too. We'll put a little group yes, together. I really want you to write a poem called Camping and Karaoke. If I ever write a poem again. <laughs> I wish you that. <laughs> um, you can hear me, right? I've never used my headphones before. Yes. Okay, great. All right. The night my dog Maisie's appetite came back. I ordered three cheeseburgers from McDonald's. The cashier's voice cracked, welcome back, before taking my order. How did he know? I hadn't been home in years. Missed the bus to Massachusetts. Almost didn't make it back in time to buy her dinner. My dog sits in plastic somewhere inside my parents' house. She could be buried under a pile of cookbooks and car parts or hiding in one of the backyard Volkswagens. We napped in the blue 67 when we were small, her head on my chest, both snapped at anyone who tried to brush our hair. I miss the living loam of her, rain, dandruff, dirt, her breath in my face, fresh grass, plaque, masking tape. I chose her from a trailer park in West Virginia. Somehow we have the same nose, the one she sticks through the hole in mom's garden fence, our little fox. Mom feeds her fresh picked sugar snap peas, the same ones dad is too sad to eat on our bike ride in Truro this summer. They make him think of her. When I left, 
Dad wore sunglasses, disguised his crying as laughter. I pretended to get the joke. Everything made him laugh that day. Maisie barks at me to stop crying. She barks and barks. I cannot stop. Once a month I wake up. This recurring dream she visits and I forget to feed her or take her out for days. Imagine a whole weekend in New York City without dinner or sightseeing. That pimpled oracle no longer works at McDonald's. None of us know where my dog's ashes are, but tufts of her hang out in the unswept corners of my parents' house. The cobwebs, they never clear away. The bird's nest inside their AC unit her DNA still floats in mom's jar of bloated ticks in soap. What is she saving that for? I stay in hotel rooms over holidays, call home less and less, forget not to ask, how's Maisie? Consider having a child even though all my plants are dead. Look, she is too, running away from me, dodging cars down the street. She will come back if she thinks she's chasing me. I sing to her a song for everything, one for peeing in the moonlight, one in praise of her tummy, its pinkness, one for when I cannot find her, and it's dark. It's just her name over and over again. Thank you. Wow, that was astonishing. Thank you. Uh, there's nothing to say about it. I mean just unbelievable um, great poem I was just going to say a great poem about a dog but it's just a great poem period um, uh, makes me remember when uh, my last cat Django passed who also lost his appetite uh, before he died also, I, got, I, I love the opening, <laughs> the evocation of the cheeseburgers from McDonald's. Thank you. I, I wrote this one in the lying room workshop, the but the three hot. cheeseburgers was definitely true. <laughs> so I just want to know that. Lie. <laughs> no, that's not true. The workshop wasn't really about lying. You had to right. be there. <laughs> it's, it's, I promise this poem wasn't a lie. <laughs> okay, no, no, I'm going to no. stop writing. I'm a poet, Madeline. I understand. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell me what's a lie and what's truth. <laughs> it's all a lie and it's all the truth. And uh, we all know we secretly love those cheeseburgers. Uh, the drunker we are, the better they taste. <laughs> Our next poet tonight is Kim Bark. How's it going, Kim? Hi, Jason. Um, I'm doing well, thanks. And, and thank you um for the great event um tonight uh so i mean this how if at all is it possible to get a life down on paper i'm getting workers comp for paper cuts that i receive writing this poem it's all a lie my life isn't what i say it is and i talk to myself more than anyone else, meaning 
I talk to myself more than I do other people. Not that I talk to myself more than anyone else talks to themselves. I suppose this writing is a talking to myself. Sometimes at the end of the day, I talk to God, who is also really me. But that conversation always feels different, a level above mumbling, really a banter. Those who know me know that I talk to myself all the time. I am not ashamed. The mask wearing during COVID helped hide it. I don't have any tattoos, but they are a way of writing your life down. My children are covered with them. If I did have one, it would be written in Farsi and around the top of my right arm, what the heart feels, the tongue speaks. The Persian proverb that may have inspired poets in a country that reveres poets. I don't speak Farsi, my father did. He had eight framed portraits of Iranian poets in his office at home, and they followed him to the nursing home. American poets, let's strive for that, to be a face above a desk or a bed. The tombs of Hafiz and Saadi glistening with emotion are engraved with ghazals. When he was dying, my father spoke to me in Farsi, and when I asked him to speak, English. He asked me in return, why do you speak English? I wonder about that myself, why this language of violence and colonization. My brother who writes stories has pondered this question too, but then what choice do we have? Whatever poems I've written could have been written in the language of the great Persian poets if I were someone else who had linguistic gifts, do we need to give more words to a poetic people or waste them with those obsessed with sports? Maybe only five people have read them in English. I think about how thin the line between life and death is, not just in flesh, but in the aging of books our lives taking a flaky disintegration, abrupt curves that we can literally watch and rediscover as our beloved bodies slumber into a fineness, like the most exquisite cushiony sand crunched beneath the small taloned feet of a seabird. My words usually flavored differently for verbal or written discourse will in this case refuse categories I cannot stop the papering of my speech or even my thoughts. I will never be as public as I will be in that moment. Okay, thank you very much, Kim. That was uh, amazing. I love how it started. This kind of interior monologue that I appreciate as someone that talks to myself all the time. And then it really went to this uh, amazing place that was uh, unexpected and, and much mm -hmm. deeper and, and moving. And then I love this line about uh, <laughs> wasting words with those obsessed with sports because uh, that is me. Um, so Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> you are correct. 
Uh, our next post tonight is uh, Elizabeth, who I believe is a Yop debuter. Is that true? Fact that oh, this is my second one. Oh, okay. Oh, but you've got a different name on your poem tonight. That's why I didn't recognize it. I was telling some tonight in my staff, I was like, I have a really good recall for names for Brooklyn Poets. It's like if you've emailed me once, I usually remember your name. But uh, yeah, so that's why. Elizabeth is my middle name. So yeah. Okay. Makes well, sense. no problem at all. Go for it. Garden of Self. My mother told me to pick flowers and put them on the walls that confine me as a way to find my sanity in the silence that envelops my sadness. So I covered my wrists in blossoms taped down by band-aids in attempt to sniff before I scratched the surface of the deer skin that grew me. Granted, I should have tended better to the soil surrounding that kept me and track down the traumas far sooner instead of letting them fester within the fragments of missing memories. Pansies become my messenger of remembrance and this garden of self is far overgrown. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, wonderful poem. I'm sorry for the, apparently the ampersand was converted to uh, HTML code for some reason, but uh, doesn't ruin the poem at all i remember you now you're from st lawrence university we talked about that last time didn't we uh, but yes great poem okay well <laughs> i gotta i gotta go for it uh our next poet is uh one of my favorite people former broken poet students melanie lee i remember when we used to have class in my williamsburg apartment that feels like 30 years ago Are you with yeah, us? okay. All oh, right. There you are. <laughs> there. Okay. Oh, and start video. Woo! I'm really bad at this. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, all right. So I'll just read it. Should I read the epigraph too? Uh, Obviously, I'll if it's by Kafka, go for it. Okay. Visitations. I repeat for the tenth time. Even in other circumstances, I should probably have become a shy and nervous person, but it is a long dark road from there to where I have really come. Franz Kafka. For months, I would repeat my watch for any apologies. I breathed in the screeches instead, more than every 10th one of them, waiting for time or whatever it was to reverse draining. Still, even sinking over my crossed calves, I imagined that in our unknown neighbors' other lives, whose circumstances I could never imagine, there should exist what people called calm. It probably will not be news that despite my distance, I have never shaken our, our high-strung legacies. Also, I have become certain of a life corrected by ghosts shy, swift, maybe steady. And though daddy said there was no such thing, my nervous work has always been encountering another person. Grandma's air was always static, wasn't it? But I could keep my breath low, could make it down her black hall as long as I watched the carpet. There is something to be said for imagining hisses swirling away behind you 
They are companions as you walk a long, pitch-dark rug road, just feet from her unmet neighbors, passing the old bedrooms. At last, they're in the living room. Tall windows give permission to my silences, winding in the armchairs, and also to the ghosts seated high up where the wall and ceiling join. Turning to face her, I know to keep quiet when she says, help me make the bed. I have yet to figure out whether grandma or, uh, grandma or any of you really don't know ghosts have come. Okay, thank you, Melanie. Love it, as I love all thank your you. work. Thank my, you. My silence is winding in the armchairs. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful and chilling and strange. Uh, but also there is something to be said for imagining Kisses swirling away behind you. One thing I'm definitely going to miss when we do these in person again is seeing the text of the poems in front of us as the poet reads. Um, you're wondering if there's a way to <laughs> project them in the space, but I, I don't think there is a, an easier, unobtrusive way to do that. Uh, we don't have millions of dollars, <laughs> in fact, after all, which is too bad. But uh, if we did, we might do that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a real treat to see uh, the brilliance of these poems textually on the page over these last two years. Another brilliant poet uh, here every month. If you all come to this, you know, you know where it's at with Seth Leeper. Uh, how are you doing, Seth? I'm good. How are you, Jason? Yeah, I'm, I'm better now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been a rough, it's been a rough month, but uh, go for it. All right, well, thank you. Hang in there. <laughs> um, uh, I'm still, I still have the McDonald's theme song stuck in my head. So if I interrupt my poem with, welcome back, forgive me. Um, you know, it's, a, it's like kind of a Seussian sonnet. Um, and it, this is for my sister. Um, she used to collect um, frog memorabilia as a kid. So for her birthday this year, I got her this little like moon pendant thing that has two frogs on it and the frogs are obviously her and myself. Um, so that's this. So here we go. I love you to the moon and back. Remember when we dangled our legs over the crescent moon, two amphibians swinging our slimy green pendulums back and forth before time split, exposed the fissure of opposing meandering trails we'd trek apart Remember when we croaked in lunar glyphs, effulgent in the glow of white, our throat sacks expanding, then compressing. We'd split a square of cheese cratered with holes. When we collapsed into our own black spirals, did we know where each hollow would lead? Unable to contain the blue, to blade moon on the surface of ripples, our trills drowned beneath the water, where else could we place our song but at the bottom of that chalky gorge? Cantillating in sonorous tones, the story of two children enamored with a land. Silhouettes shadowed in the night sky, arms over shoulders, hands cupping bone, waists pressed together, head against head, holding tight. Thank you. I think, I think Melanie chimed in there too. <laughs> thank you, Melanie. Uh, I'm going to mute you now, but thank you. 
Sorry. <laughs> uh, man, it's such great stuff. I'm really, I'm really enjoying myself tonight. <laughs> Maybe it's because of all these chips I'm eating, which is probably going to ruin my dinner. But uh, I think it's the poems. <laughs> Two amphibians swing their slimy green pendulums back and forth. Great stuff. Cantillating and sonorous tones. Where else could the song be but at the bottom of that chalky gorge? I don't know, Seth, but that, that is, I think, the only place possibly. <laughs> be. Uh, thanks, a poet, That's a poet's question. Okay, thanks very much, Seth. Our next poet is Ilka Lampy. How are you doing? Hi, Jason. Great to see you and everybody. Great to see you again. Welcome oh, back. Thanks. Congrats on the new space and... I'll be going back to Washington State soon, so this yeah. is my last little thing in Brooklyn. <laughs> okay. Well, you can can still zoom in. <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah. I can zoom in, which will be great. Yes. I wrote this last week. July morning in Brooklyn. The sight surprised me. Early in the morning, the steady puckering tiny upheavals, so regular, my invisible blood gently knocking against the tent of my skin. We can feel it with fingertips on wrist, yet seeing it reminded me of the mystery of life, with clock ticking, not knowing when time will be up. John Cage-style symphony all around me, the dance of pedestrians crossing the street, eagerly determined or slouching slowly, immersed in cell phones or alert and steady with a cane. Checking the hair in the window I'm gazing through, fading beauty, desperately holding on. Happy, happy, happy dogs and busy bikes. Sidewalk closed, cross here. COVID masks degraded to useless bibs. All right. Well, if that's your parting gesture to Brooklyn, I think it's a, it's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love Brooklyn poems, man. They're, they're like always good. You know, I don't know what it is about Brooklyn, but, you know, it was like July morning in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> where I grew up and just like I don't know if it would I don't think it would have the same quality uh early in the morning the steady puckering it's interesting uh I love the word puckering too okay uh thank you yeah. our next poet is uh, another former yacht poem of the month winner Cassidy Gabriel hailing from New Jersey how's it going Hello, it's going well. All right. I think the, the format of my poem might have gotten a little wonky. Yeah. Was it a, was it a PDF when you sent it to Jay by any chance? Yeah, my my Microsoft, my Microsoft <laughs> Office is rebelling on me. So here, let me pull when, it up so I can read it properly. When Jay converts to a P, uh, mm. PDF to Word, it gets screwed up. Are you trying? Do you want to share it from your own screen? I can do that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much, y'all. I feel like I can't read it without the spaces. <laughs> so I wrote this a little bit ago on a plane. 
on a flight to Seattle where I figure I have died. A country lying wide open, a country oriented in the original way toward God. It is like this, all of it, a prosthetic sadness, wanting to say the thing with bare hands. Morning held me in her teeth, morning her mouth sewn with light. Woman, I find myself recounting what I am owed. Woman, I find myself diving from other people's mouths. August was rare and green. I grew a knife and called it sweet, consoled my new and freshly opened chest. I have grown familiar with reticence as a verb. It makes me weep. It is concentric, the whole thing of it. I am leaking with grace, the whole heavy and metallic thing of it, sweet and familiar and dying more authentically by the second. How the apparatus for sight has changed in our lifetime, become clean and wide and whistling with knowing in lieu of things more permanent. I've committed to spring in a vacuum where I have lost my body, humid and fond I have known it, blue as descent, as a lover without face, blue the neon girl, blue as desert. At this altitude, I am seated at the right hand of God's oldest friend. I am seated in a clearing of things mired with time, the bobbled heads of them, their man-madeness, their particular ruin. I choose to remember a logic in which I am bright to you, inhaling fiction into my girlish lung, heavy lung. You say youth, and I go looking for July, under bushes and between clean teeth. I know that. I know where it happened and the feeling. I'm having a quiet and very sorrowful decade. I'm looking for forgiveness in the West. Forgive my Eastern heart. Thank y'all so much. Let me stop the share. Oh, here we go. All right. Thank you. Well, I'm glad we got to see that in the form it was supposed to be because that was uh, the right form. Uh, man, I am leaking with grace. Is that what the line was? Uh, unbelievable. Uh, I feel like I'm leaking a lot of things. <laughs> Sanity. Uh, like chores I have to do but I'm pretty sure it's not not grace but I hope for that I hope for that one day Cassie uh, maybe we'll Thanks, do that Jason. We'll, we'll have a retreat with uh, karaoke camping and and leaking and, and leaking with grace uh, okay uh wait I gotta go back to our screen share to, to know who's next give me one second yeah yeah it's totally different <laughs> the way it looks here that just looks like prose our next poet is David Sanua. Are you here, David, actually? I'm not sure I converted you. It's not attendees. Let's see, is David Sanua here? I don't think so. Okay, well, uh, we got a quick look at it. <laughs> uh, it's short of, well, I thought it was a short poem, but it's actually longer. Anyway. Uh, I like I will snarl you every time. Moving on, our next poet is Becca Marbach, uh, who I believe is a Yop debuter. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, this is my first time. Very cool. Are you uh, in New York or outside of New York? I'm in Brooklyn. Okay, well, you can keep coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, kind of terrified, but it's been 
very exciting and lovely to hear everyone. So don't be scared. We're all here for you. Go for it. All right. (laughs) Um, So this is called uh, My Body Hurts. Um, My body hurt and I couldn't keep up with you. You wouldn't slow down. You were a runner. You broke your leg going too fast on a bike in Chicago. You couldn't slow down. I broke up with you during your recovery before the holidays and the niceties. We held each other crying on your bed, your broken leg and your broken heart between us on your bed. I told you that we could be friends, but it's been six months and I can feel your impatience because now it's mine. And when my body hurts, I'm afraid that he will be upset, that he will not wait for me when I can't walk the whole way, stay the whole time, lay on my side, let him inside, hold his hand. Will he slap his hand on the bed? Slap me with silence. Will I reach out my hand to touch his like I touched yours, if only for a few minutes, searing pain from my neck to my fingertips so that he can have just a few minutes of closeness while my body is on fire? Or will I say, I can't, it hurts. And instead of silent demands, cries of impatience and disappointment, will he turn over and put his hand on my chest while I breathe? He will never walk three steps ahead of me. We will leave the museum when I want to because my body hurts and that's more important than a fucking painting. Okay. I see you, Becca Marbach. That was awesome. Uh, Didn't have to be scared at all. Loved it. Loved every line, especially that ending. Uh, Gotta go back and see. This is what's great about the virtual yap. You can go back and look at it again, but uh, man. What a poem. Keep coming back. We hope to see you in person to read more work like this because uh, that was great. And uh, great to meet you this month. Our next poet is uh, Danielle Gasparo, who is uh, not only, she says she's Hudson Valley based, but now it's <laughs> Brooklyn based. Oh, but, I got an uh, update. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, Danielle will be. Uh, teaching one of these new drop-in classes that I mentioned. Uh, it's going to be teaching a, unless the plan has changed, teaching a class on on, on how to read a poem, which uh, not everyone knows how to do, <laughs> <laughs> including poets. We like to we like to fake it a lot. I know I certainly did that for me. In some ways, I'm still faking it, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, this will be, I think, a really cool class. That yeah, uh, I'm excited and honored. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. How to befriend right. poems, right? How to be, how to, <laughs> how to become confidants instead of just readers of. But yeah, so thank you. Divine pistachio ice cream pie. Divine pistachio. Oh yeah, and I just would like to say, I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is my year anniversary of doing yacht this month. This yeah. last month, last year was when All I right. started. So I've done it every month. So well, very congrats. cool. Yes. All right, so thank you for the chance to give drafts of poems worlds, Jason, that's been a joy. So this is no exception, divine pistachio ice cream pie. (laughs) This morning, all morning, I sat in a chair by a window and stared at a thing called brick. One brick, blood red, set firm in the dirt far from the manicured swerve of a sun-polished courtyard. 
No donor surname etched, a corner gravely chipped. One brick all morning, then poof. What? Wow, a bird landed and stood still, stout on two miniature stilts, silent movie in the shade of a gray-green air conditioning unit. Now and then, a swift bob left, then right, left, up, down, head, tilt, eyes wide. That bird stood on that brick for so long. Who are you, gray-blue, and why you there and me here? Popular science and puke-green chairs and why and when and what if and then that bird took a shit quick and flew away. And then, right then, the doctor came out. And as it turns out, you are okay. And now, pistachios, whipped cream and crumbs everywhere because yeah, who does fucking care? And all I can think as you swear and you pledge there where you're settled on speckled red vinyl is how certain I was that you were that bird on that brick and that life was that shade on that bird and that shit, maybe you would die soon. But now, Anywho, pistachios. And you, there, in the fluorescent glare of, yes, one big-ass window, you next to you, still here, smiling and open all night. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but now, anywho, pistachios. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, window. Okay. That was a draft. That's a draft. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I do, by the way, I, I just, I, I have like a list of titles and I pick them out of a hat and I, you, you guys, you've been helping me, Jason, to like, just yeah. not be such a perfectionist and just give it no, a whirl. I didn't, I didn't know you were doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm having that effect. I, <laughs> I'm a total OCD perfectionist. I love that about you. Well, look at yeah. what happened. We have a now 144 Montague Street, thanks to your perfectionism. Yeah, well, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so we had our first classes there on Sunday, and uh, that's Cindy Tran taught Joanna Furman, and we were just busting our ass on Saturday trying to get the room ready. And it was, in my opinion, <laughs> not looking that great. And uh, I was like, oh, I had a really bad day because I was mm. very stressed and. Uh, not happy with uh, how uh, the contractors had done their work, but uh, and then the next day everyone was like, "Wow, this space looks amazing!" Like <laughs> everyone was so happy, you know. Yeah. Like, you will be on the on. They don't see all the imperfections that I see. No. But uh, that's probably a good thing. It's the same You're thing amazing. with like poems, right? Yeah. Right. All right. Thank Thanks, you, Danielle. Jason. I'll see you soon in person. Our next reader is Desiree Rucker with Original Sin. Um, hi, hi, Jason. Hi, everybody. And congratulations on the new space, which is quite lovely. It's a, it's, it's getting there. I'm sure next week it'll be amazing. <laughs> Don't congratulate me until it actually opens. <laughs> and congratulations on the baby. Yes, thank you. Work well done. Yeah. So, okay, so should I read 
what's at the bottom because I didn't know how to put it in to the form, Matt. I wanted to stay with the form that you, you know, like name, you said bio, name of the name of the poem, oh, yeah. the poem. So I put it at the bottom. So should I read that first or later? Wait, the, 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 the bit about- mean, um, The bio? Uh, yeah. Oh, this, this yeah. right here? Yeah, read yeah, that you, later. You can read that, yeah, go ahead. Okay, the American poet and ed educator, I Ogawa was born and named Florence Anthony. She changed her name to I, I, which means love in Japanese. Her work speaks for marginalized, poor, and abused people, notably women. She won the 1999 National Book Award for Poetry for Vice, New and Selected Poems. So we were reading her in graduate school. So I started this poem in like 20, uh, like 14 or something. Anyway, so anyway, it's um, Original Sin After Reading. I, when he flips her over, brown ribbons hang off her face where the razor had done its work. The layer underneath glistened like an opal. Not so pretty now, huh? She hears him say to the other guy. She dead, the other guy asks. She being her, a contorted heap atop a mound of black garbage bags, tossed away like a used up Barbie, grabbed fiercely and shook like an unloved infant like Adam shook Eve when God wasn't watching. Wasn't she a pain in his ribs? Maybe there was a reason she sought counsel with the serpent. The first planned hips hit, perhaps? Killing is the world's oldest pastime. Yeah, she's dead, he says, wiping his blade on his pants. She moves her middle finger upward, a small defiance, her final freedom. The crunch of the apple echoes through time. Thank you for listening. Okay, what a treat. Thank you. Uh, I love the tribute to I, epigraph, and poem. Uh, startling and chilling. Uh, thank you very much, Desiree. Appreciate you. Always glad to hear you read. Come out to, uh, you live in New York, don't you? I live in Brooklyn. Okay, well, yes, I thought so. So I don't want to assume anymore because a lot of people have moved like me. But uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, is Alexander Penny still here? Yeah, there you are. Yes. All right. Well, you're our last poet tonight. Go for it, Alexander. All right. Gender is violence. Gender is a knife thrust between the ribs of Adam and Eve, twisted like the roots of the fruit-bearing tree, carving rivers of blood across the landscape of my body, severing a sense of self it promised. Freud's razor saying he knew me well before I was a surprise my mother could share. Gender is a closed fist pulled back and ready to gut punch its message. A blow to the head until you internalize in your brain that it's here to stay. Pummeling itself into you daily without a break like a fighter on the edge of victory. Gender is a gun taking the lives of so many beautiful faces too often represented, overrepresented by, sh by shades of melanin. A blast to a beating heart demanding it to take a break the smell of gunpowder spelling an end to names it rejects. The weight of each bullet is like the weight that is carried when the label doesn't match what is seen in the iron sights. Gender is a fire raging inside the hearts of bigots as they tell me who I can be and decide which loves are okay. The smoke signaling the home inside is up in flames. The ash where once pride in standing out stood. Gender is a mob mentality of destruction towards moments of beauty, tearing down monuments to something beyond what it can see, 
gnashing teeth at the simple requests to be allowed to be me. Thank you, Alexander, for terrific poems. Great way to end. And uh, it was a great follow-up to Desiree's poem. And uh, that was your first time reading for the Yop, was it not? Yes, it was. All right. Are you in Brooklyn too, or New York? Uh, Harlem. Okay, well, it's not too far <laughs> from Brooklyn Heights. I think you can take the two or the three down. We'll hopefully see you at the Yop when we're in person again. Okay, folks, uh, that is the end of the open mic. Uh, I'm going to go back through and uh, go through all these names. Again, you can vote for Poem of the Month at uh, 718-374-1953. Just text me the poet's name. Uh, the 12 winners of Poem of the Month over the course of the year uh, compete for Poem of the Year honors in December. And that will be interesting because I believe we're going to have to do that virtually. Uh, unless we figure out, maybe we'll figure out how to, how to project it on a screen, because we did buy a projector. Uh, but uh, since uh, a lot of these posts don't live in New York, uh, it wouldn't be fair to ask them to come to New York City <laughs> to read the poems at the contest. But uh, we're going to figure all this out. It's a transition period. And uh, we, we thank you for your patience in advance as we navigate this transition. But uh, I'm excited for what is to come. Anyway, uh, going back to the open mic lineup, we just heard from Alexander Penny, Gender is Violence. Before that, uh, Eubin was not here. Before Alexander, we heard from Desiree Rucker, Original Sin. Before that, Daniel Gasparo, Divine Pistachio Ice Cream Pie. Before that, we heard from Becca Marbach, My Body Hurts. Before that, David Snow was not here. Cassidy Gabriel on a flight to Seattle where I figure I have died. Before that, we heard from Ilka Lampy, July morning in Brooklyn. Seth Leeper, I love you to the moon and back. Fast can scroll. Melanie Lee with visitations. Franz Kafka, epigraph. Anna Elizabeth, garden of self. Before Anna Elizabeth, we heard from Kim Bark, with how, if at all, is it possible to get a life down on paper? I love these titles, by the way, people. Before that, Madeline Phillips, that night my dog Maisie's appetite came back. Incredible poem for that. Another incredible poem by Morgan Boyle. 2022, 30-year-old faker. Before that, we heard from Vikesh Kapoor, Grass Valley. Before Vikesh, we heard from Just Gane, I believe this is. Yes, Just Gane chronometer for lost things for jess bridget duffy insolvency before that we're getting close to the beginning yana kane i believe this is with tai chi teacher and uh before yana we heard from kim Chukwumer, uh, is she still here i can't remember how she pronounced her name but i'm gonna get this right for the podcast believe me um before in Kim, I think this is all the way back to the beginning. Stella Lee. Okay, again, the number to vote for poem of the month, 718 374 1953. Uh, we record the Yop, as you know, as a podcast. We publish it as the Yopcast, usually a couple weeks after the Yop. Um it is 9.42, so tickets for the August YOP 
have already gone on sale August 8th. That will be led by Jessica Greenbaum, who is uh, an amazing Brooklyn poet, one of my very good friends and uh, uh, the vice president of the Brooklyn Poets Board. Um, she's also going to be leading one of these new drop-in classes for us. She's going to be teaching a kind of smorgasbord of different poetic forms every week. So every week you'll kind of learn a new form. Uh, but just as uh, amazing, uh, you won't be disappointed in that. Come out for that in person if you're in the NYC area, if you want to zoom in uh there is a virtual ticket available but uh, uh again tickets are available now if you want to reserve a spot for the open mic they may already be gone who knows uh somebody was waiting for 9 30 but uh, there are 10 of those reserved tickets available uh and also if you get one of these tickets advanced you also reserve a seat for yourself because uh, uh capacity in the space is limited we do have a, a lot of seats but uh what's nice if you get the ticket in advance you get to reserve one of those seats. And if you, if you don't reserve one of those seats, you might uh, be standing room only and then have to stand all night or sit on the floor. And who wants to do that? Okay, uh, that is all. Again, if you've got some selfies, this is hopefully the last. Uh, I'm gonna sort of miss, but not really miss the charming, awkward selfies that we, that we took over these last two and a half years. But uh, if you've got any, you can post them on Instagram. Tag us at Brooklyn Poets, or you can send them to coup at brooklynpoets.org. Uh, we'll be taking uh, pictures again in person very soon. Um, but uh, I have to say, for all of you that are still here, uh, it's been a true pleasure. There's only, I see there's only 20 of us still here, so no, no one's really that interested in these announcements. But uh, it's been a true pleasure yapping with you all virtually from all over the world, really for these last two and a half years since April, 2020. And uh, we thank you for making this um, such a pleasure and for coming out every month because uh, uh, it's not usual for, for people to be zooming in and reading poems to each other every month. And, uh, and it's just kind of become the norm. So I, I'm definitely gonna miss it. Um, but I'm also looking forward to what we do uh, in our new space. So again, July 23rd, our grand opening. We hope you come out for that. We'll start with the ribbon cutting at 1 p.m. We'll be there all day from 1 to 9. Thank you and good night. See you soon. All right, there you have it. The Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic. July 11th, 2022. As I said at the beginning, our final virtual yawp for the foreseeable future as we transition back to the in-person yawp at our new space at 144 Montague in Brooklyn Heights. It's uh, a little bit hard to believe we've been doing the yawp virtually for over two years. Uh, it's been fun. It's been eye-opening and uh, I think the the best part about it is uh, meeting so many new poets from uh, all over the place, uh, not just in the United States, but abroad. Thanks to brilliant poet and Broken Poets teacher, new teacher this summer, I.S. Jones, for leading the workshop and uh, kicking off the open mic hour with such fantastic poems. I.S. Jones teaching two workshops for Brooklyn Poets this summer, both ongoing, so unfortunately you can't register for those anymore, but uh, I'm sure she'll be teaching more workshops for us uh, either this fall or in the future. And uh, another announcement coming up, the first reading in our new space at 144 Montague will be a Brooklyn Poets reading series event on Saturday, August 6th, and I.S. Jones will be one of the three readers for that event. 
along with Vanessa Jimenez-Gab and Marwa Halal, uh, also both uh, Brooklyn Poets teachers or former Brooklyn Poets teachers. Um, yeah, so that's going to be great. That's a free event. Put that on your calendar. It'll be synced with uh, Montague Open Streets, which means there will be no vehicle traffic on Montague. Our next yop, as I mentioned, will be on August 8th. In fact, well, I don't actually think I mentioned the date, but it will be in person, and it will be two weeks from now on August 8th, led by Jessica Greenbaum, uh, one of my favorite BK poets and also the Brooklyn Poets Vice President. We are starting a little bit earlier than we did in the past. We're uh, starting at 6.30 p.m. with the workshop. Doors will open at 6 p.m., and the open mic will begin around 7.45 p.m. after the workshop and a brief break. Uh, the price has gone up a little bit to reflect the fact that we now have serious overhead costs that we never had before with the rental of this uh, brick and mortar. But uh, go to brookenpoets.org. Uh, it's now $15 for the workshop and open mic. If you were a member in the past, you still get $10 off. If you are a new member, uh, you get $5 off. Uh, you can get online tickets in advance up until noon of August 8th, or noon of the day of the event. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with more details. I'll just let you go to the Yacht page of our website and find out about it. Uh, again, we're going to start at 6.30 and doors open at 6 p.m. on August 8th. Congrats to Madeline Phillips, longtime Yopper, uh, even preceding the pandemic Yop, for winning Yacht Poem of the Month in July for her incredible poem, The Night My Dog Maisie's Appetite Came Back. Madeline's earned a Brooklyn Post tote bag. And a spot in our Poem of the Year contest at the end of 2020, at the end of 2022, and uh, two tickets to our awards gala in December. Uh, if you like what you heard, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to the Opcast on iTunes and rate us five stars. Helps more poets find the Op Open Mic. We hope to see you on August 8th in Brooklyn Heights at 144 Montague. If you don't live in the NYC area, you can live stream the Op via Zoom. Uh, we're selling tickets for that as well check it out and uh we will see you on august 8th take care